All right, we are with another episode here of Missions Incorporated, the podcast of Practical Missions Cohort, a ministry focused exclusively in the country of Italy to evangelize the lost, make disciples of Jesus Christ, and plant biblical and healthy Italian churches. Today we're going back to a series, uh, the question and answer series, Missionary Q&A, something that uh, we picked up many years ago back when we were at Saints Equipped to Evangelize, where I was personally trained in apostolic church planting in the country of Italy uh, by a veteran uh, Italian missionary church planter. And we're carrying on that tradition when we used to have Bible Institute students uh, there. They would be able to interact with missionaries and ask questions, learn about missions and how everything works and all of that. And uh, it was when I was a student, it was a life-changing experience for me. And it's something that uh, now at Practical Missions Cohort, we continue to carry on as well, giving uh, our brothers and sisters an opportunity to engage with missionaries, to ask questions where we can give answers and help them to better understand the work of missions and the work of missionaries and things like this. So in light of all that, we're continuing today. We've been here in the States, uh, and as we go from church to church, or even in our home church twice on a Wednesday night, we had a Q&A opportunity with, uh, at, at the worship gathering with, with members of the church to be able to send in questions and then uh, give answers to those questions, all related to missions and missions in Italy and things like this. So we have a fresh batch of questions that we're now, uh, while we're on the road here in the States, we're going to be uh, doing short episodes for the podcast just with these questions and the answer. So uh, again, the idea here being to edify the body of Christ, instruct on things related to missions, missions uh, in Italy in particular, as well as missionary life, things like that. Now, the question for today is simply this. Where did you guys get the name for Practical Missions Cohort? What's the meaning behind the name Practical Missions Cohort? And so I received this question. This was just uh, this last Wednesday and uh, caused me to stop and to reflect for a moment and uh, how it all started. How did that name come around? Uh, in particular, uh, Practical Missions was a, a blog that I put together early on as a missionary. Uh, I was working with a small mission organization, a really great one, but a small one, uh, Saints Equipped. And unfortunately, uh, it took years and years. I think three, four years had gone by, and I still wasn't even on the featured on the website. So when I'm back raising support and things like this, people would go to check out the ministry, check out the website, and uh, they couldn't find me on there uh, to send in support and stuff. So it wasn't helpful as a missionary to not have those kind of features. And so we had to kind of by nature or by force create a blog of sorts, uh, which is something that voluntarily I was willing to do anyway, just to share about our experiences as missionaries, teach and, and pass on what we're learning and so on related to missions work. Uh, but we started a blog and I at some point just gave it the name Practical Missions. Uh, that's the name of the blog where our ministry of what we're doing you know, in with and with Saints Equip was was all there available for others to see and to benefit from. Uh, but a, a way to also help uh, new potential partners in the ministry to see uh, who we are, what we're doing, and what we're connected to. So unfortunately, we weren't able to be on the site. It was just hard for them to up keep it up to date and stuff, small ministry. And, uh, and so that's how that blog came into being, Practical Missions. Now, uh, when the time came and we decided to start uh, a ministry to continue on, uh, in the work that we were trained in and continue continue to pass that on to others and to, to train and teach the things that we were taught and that we so graciously received uh, so that that kind of missions, which is unfortunately rare today, apostolic church planting, missionary church planting, going in, evangelizing lost, making disciples, planting churches, training elders, getting out, moving on, seeing sister churches formed and all that, but not staying and remaining forever, right? That approach, unfortunately, is not all that common uh, anymore today, but it should be. So to be able to pass on all that we learned and gained and are doing, and the Lord has taught us, we, we, yeah, Practical Missions Cohort then came into being. Now the name, uh, ultimately though, behind Practical Missions during my training 
as a missionary church planter, uh, had to read numerous uh, in-depth, large theological texts, uh, meet with my mentor uh, every week, like 6 a.m. or 5 5 a.m., I can't remember. Uh, But we we would meet and we would discuss it, and I would write summaries on each chapter of these books, and uh, and we would talk about it. And at one point, I remember going through... uh, through a text by Jonathan Edwards, Religious Affections, and I was just astonished. I had never read a Puritan before that, and uh, to, to see how they could make one sentence go an entire page, like with how many semicolons and colons and all this, it was a complex read, the unabridged version. It was it was heavy reading for me at that time. And uh, everything he was saying that was fantastic, really good, life-changing, very important text and topic, actually, when it comes to the work, missionary work in the country of Italy, uh, because uh, it, there's so much confusion over there and blending and blurring of the lines, you need to have a clear distinction of what it means when someone is saved, the the fruit of the Holy Spirit and rebirth, what that actually looks like, and uh, how unbelievers, not actually born of the Spirit of God, though they might confess things with their lips, can pretty much do anything and everything an actual Christian can do. They can imitate, they can, they can play along and have all kinds of affections and emotions and stuff. But there's a true difference that happens when someone is actually born in the Spirit of God. So he unpacks that in so many ways in every level, and you could even imagine Jonathan Edwards, such a great text, Religious Affections. And uh, But I, I just remember in that season, I think that was when the blog was forming, Practical Missions. And uh, I had picked up a, a shorter book called Practical Christianity by A.W. Pink. And I remember everything Jonathan Edwards was saying, Jonathan or, or A.W. Pink said it in a very, in like one chapter, summed up all that very concise and straight to the point in his fashion. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. And everything just clicked and made sense. And it was wonderful, a much easier, easier read than the, than the one by Jonathan Edwards. Uh, but that, that stuck with me, practical Christianity and uh, the idea of practical missions came to mind. Uh, so that blog was initially formed there, which years later then became an actual ministry uh, and a mission association uh, by the providence of God. Uh, but the, yeah, so the meaning, the, back to the question though, the meaning behind uh, what's, the, what's the meaning of Practical Missions Cohort or how did that name come to be? That's originally how the name Practical Missions came to be. Now, when we were setting up and forming um, uh, the nonprofit association for uh, a new missions uh, uh, agency to operate in the country of Italy, exclusively and to carry on that biblical missions work in the country of Italy, uh, we were just going to use that name. Let's just carry on with that name. And uh, But that name turned out to be taken somewhat by somebody else in a, not even in a ministry uh, setting, but that someone had already utilized that name, so it was no longer available on the market to be had as a name. So we had to, by, by force, add a, a third word to the name to distinguish it from this other thing called practical missions, some kind of packaging company or something like this. So, long story short, I'm going through the Bible at that time, reading through the book of Acts, and uh, and there's uh, the the there's Cornelius there, uh, the, the first Roman to get converted to Christ, and then we also read of the, uh, the there was something at that time called the Italian cohort. This was uh, something that was uh, familiar among the, the early disciples in the in the writing of the book of Acts in that time. The Italian cohort was something. And uh, so, I, I, my son's name is Cornelius at this point. He's a newborn, and uh, we're in Italy, and if that word cohort stuck out to me, and if anyone can have the word cohort, it just seemed to make sense. People operating for Jesus Christ in the country of Italy to do biblical missions, they should have the name cohort. So we added to practical missions uh, the word cohort, and that's kind of how it came to be. Right, so so that's, uh, in short, kind of how the name came into being, how the mission also kind of came into being there. Uh, but a few other things I guess I could say is, uh, number one, though, when it comes to missions work, it, it should be noted, actually, there is nothing practical about missions work. 
and uh, I shared this during our, our Q&A time uh, with, with the church the other night as well. In reality, there's nothing practical often about the way God does things. He has a long timeline. He takes his time. He, his ways are not like our ways, right? We, we think of Jesus Christ, for example. He came as the Redeemer, as the Savior of the world. How did he come, though? Did he come fully equipped with all his angels at his back and just conquering and taking over? No. Did he come as a man, a strong man? Well, he actually came as a baby. He took on flesh, limited himself, came as a baby, had to wait years and years to grow until the time when he started the actual ministry of uh, preaching and teaching and then ultimately giving his life. It was a long, slow process, actually. Uh, that's the, the way that God chose to work within his creation for the redemption of, of man. And then we think of uh, the apostles, the people that Jesus called to himself. How many of them were noble, brilliant, powerful, influential people? Basically, none of them were. Some of them were fishermen, just simple, everyday folks, not highly educated, not sophisticated, right? But these were the folks that Jesus chose purposefully for his purposes, for his kingdom to advance. And he even chose Judas. He had a purpose for that as well, someone to betray him. Uh, So, uh, long story short, again, uh, there's nothing actually practical about following Jesus and doing uh, missions, biblical missions. Uh, we think also, uh, I want to read here for us from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is something that's helpful for uh, all of us to hear from time to time and to remember uh, as life goes on and we, we grow in many ways and we grow in grace, we become more knowledgeable, more uh, uh, Lord willing, uh, also in, uh, uh, able to serve Jesus Christ better. Or we get, uh, we're humbled more and more as time goes on and rightfully understanding who we are and who God is and more joyfully serving Him and so on. Uh, it, it is always good in any case uh, to resist falling into the trap of thinking you are something. It's good to come back to these verses. First, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, I'll read till the end of the chapter. Paul says this, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord." Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Who are the ones actually uh, that Jesus chose in his uh, mission of redemption, in his, uh, even in the, the cultural mandate he's given us and in the mission he's given us to fulfill, to, to uh, uh, preach the gospel, to evangelize the lost, disciple the nations, uh, teach his ways, uh, all of this, right? Uh, until the end of time, he chooses, as he says here, not many of you were of noble birth. God chose what is foolish to shame the wise. What is weak uh, to shame the strong, what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not. He chose to bring to nothing things that are, so that nobody actually could boast. So, what uh, what is the meaning behind uh, Practical Missions Cohort? How did that name come into being? We talked about that briefly. Uh, in, in reality, there is nothing practical, though. We wanted to close with this idea about missions. But when we use, uh, when we use the word practical, what we're getting at is simply biblical. For us, it was just another way to say biblical missions. 
humbly understanding we deserve nothing from God. He doesn't need us to fulfill his mission, but he joyfully invites us, commands us to be part of his mission in any case. And here we could go into what is the mission, and we're going to get to that in other episodes for sure. Uh, but so the the cultural mandate that, we, that we've been given, and as Christians, the mission we have uh, being brought into the kingdom of God is to bear fruit in every area of life, to live under the Lordship of Christ in every area. So that involves, you know, even cooking and cleaning in the home or changing diapers. You do that to the glory of God, that's advancing the kingdom of God, right? Loving your neighbor, going out of your way for other people, being a testimony, resisting temptation. All these are ways of of, uh, of fulfilling the mission God has given us, generically speaking. And then missions proper, biblical missions proper, is that idea, though, of doing the kind of missions that uh, all the other kinds of missions depend upon to even exist or happen. Biblical missions being evangelizing lost people, making disciples of Jesus Christ, starting biblical churches, and we, we would add into that, all of these are good things. If you just evangelize, it's good. If you just disciple, that's good. Uh, if you just start churches, that's good. But we go even a step further, just like we see in, in Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, the training of elders as well as missionaries, then to, the, these elders to take your place as a missionary so you can move on and keep reaching more towns and then seeing more churches united and living out their calling, raising up more people, you know, and training other elders, sending them out from their churches and so on. But that would be the, the idea behind what is practical missions, simply biblical missions is ultimately what we're getting at there. I could go on and on, as, as most of you guys know, uh, so I'll resist and I'll stop with that. That was the question. Uh, how did you get the name Practical Missions Cohort? What's the meaning behind it? And that's uh, our little bit more extended answer than what we gave Wednesday night, but also an answer now going to be available for all of our brothers and sisters and friends who tune in to the podcast uh, around the entire country or maybe even the world. Uh, so that's it for today. We have a number of other questions coming up, shorter episodes for the podcast while we're here on furlough in the States. Uh, no video for now. Uh, we may get to video, but probably not. Uh, but this is a uh, shorter episodes going out. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And until the next time, ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.